Your labor is not in vain Though the ground underneath you is cursed and stained Your planting and reaping are never the same Your labor is not in vain Your labor is not unknown Though the rocks they cry out And the sea it may groan The place of your toil may not seem like
Welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. My name is Jonathan. I'm the Youth and Missions Pastor here at Great Commission Community Church. And it's my pleasure to invite you to worship Jesus with us this morning for one of our Mission Sundays. We come together today to encounter Jesus and to worship him, uh, to experience the presence of his Holy Spirit. We do this as we read his word, as we listen to his words, as we pray, and as we praise him through song. As we begin this morning, let's echo the and mirror the cry from the psalmist in Psalm 95, uh, verses 1-3. Listen to these words. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And in his hands are formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts.
Good morning, GCCC. This is Matthew. Um, just want to share a little bit with you this morning. Um, we praise Jesus for his goodness to us because God is so good. We desire to share all of Jesus with all of the world. Uh, please listen to these words from John 3, 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Next, please take a moment to thank God in your own words for his mercy and grace in offering us the gift of eternal life. Um, please pray with me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, next, church, please pray for those you know in your life you have yet to believe in Jesus and make him their king. Pray that they would come to experience the love, compassion, and goodness of our God. Pray that they would experience the new life that is only found in Jesus. Um, please pray with me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for um, just everything that you do for us. Um, thank you for just reaching out to all people in all the world. Um, we lift all these blessings in your name. Amen. Good morning, church. My name is Sang, and I help co-lead the South and East Asia Task Force. Let us continue with our time of prayer and scripture by reading from Romans 10, 9 to 15. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As, is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Please take a moment to pray that more people will respond to God's call to go into the world proclaiming the good news of Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Pray for those we have already sent from our church to proclaim the gospel. Pray for Renee and Leo in Central Asia, Darren and Lynn, and Michael and Susan in Indonesia. Pray for our partners in Spain and Cambodia. Please pray that they will all be effective witnesses of the gospel. Pray that the people they have been sent to will receive the gospel with open hearts and believe in Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for how good you are to us. Thank you that you died so that we might be in a relationship with you forever. Thank you for taking care of us every day. Thank you that even though you are the almighty creator of the universe, you still care for our physical and emotional needs. Thank you that when you come again, you will make all things new. We confess that we lose sight of who you are all the time. Forgive us for how we go our own ways and ignore your call on our lives. Holy Spirit, we submit our lives to you afresh and ask that you will fill us. Empower us to do your will. Make us attentive to your call this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Peace of Christ to you. Uh, please share a simple sign of peace, a sign that says and points to the peace of Christ has made for us. Uh, you can say hello, give a fist pump, insert an emoji in the chat, or, or whatever else. Um, let us pass the peace together this morning. Once again, we just want to welcome you uh, to Great Commission Community Church, especially if this is your first time. We're so happy that you're here with us, and we'd encourage you to connect with us. Uh, talk to somebody in the chat or reach out to us at uh, in our welcome ministry uh, Joining a small group is one of the best ways to connect uh, with our um, church. And so we encourage you to do that. We do just want to take a moment to share some of the things going on in our church. Um, every Tuesday, we have a prayer meeting. Uh, it's just so an important thing to do. It's uh, good for us, even if we aren't, if we join and we aren't the ones necessarily praying out loud, but just to join together to, to hear uh, and discern the Lord's um, will as we pray together as a community. This coming Tuesday, the elders will be leading the time of prayer, and I encourage you, if you have time, to make room for that in your schedule. Uh, we also want to let you know there's a members membership interest meeting that's going to be happening on March 5th. So if you would like to become a member, uh, you can sign up for that online. We also have the women's retreat coming up. If you haven't had a chance to RSVP for that, uh, please do so. Uh, we also want you to know that uh, as this is Missions uh, Sunday here at Arlington, we are actually going to be having um, our missionaries here with us the week of February 22nd through the 27th uh, and having different events. 
Uh, they'll be in some small groups as well as there's a family missions morning uh, on Saturday morning from 10 to noon. Uh, it's for anyone kind of geared for anyone, kids three to uh, age 11. Uh, you're going to have a great time doing some activities, hearing more about what uh, Cambodia is like and how God is on the move. And it's going to be a lot of fun time. And so we encourage your families to come to that. There's also going to be a youth missions night that night um, as well. It's just geared for our youth. And then there's going to be a lunch uh, with the missionaries after the service uh, for both sites um, following the service on the 27th for you to also have a chance to hear more and get to know uh, the missionaries a little bit more. And uh, so we just encourage you to check that out. The information is on online and we'd love for you to take part in one of those events that are available. Uh, we also take up offering uh, as a service. And so we don't do that uh, in person, but we do do that online. And so let's just take a moment to pray um, over our offering. Uh, and so God, we just thank you and praise you uh, for who you are. We thank you uh, for all the things that you've given to us. We thank you that we can give back to you. We ask that as we give of our finances that you would use it for your purposes to take care of people, to expand your kingdom. Uh, and they ask that you would multiply it so that uh, your name would be glorified all over the world. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, you're gonna have a chance to hear here from uh, David Manfred. Uh, he is uh, the field director of the Cambodia team with the Alliance Missions. Uh, he's been there for many years. Uh, our church has started a partnership, actually basically almost right before COVID hit uh, with Cambodia. And so we've been able to send some money uh, and help support them and we've been praying for them. Uh, but it's just so good to be have a chance to hear from David about what God is doing in, in Cambodia. And so let's let's listen to what he has to say. Hello, friends at Great Commission Committee Church, specifically at the Arlington site. I'm speaking this uh, Sunday at the Tyson's Corner site, so today I get to join you via video. Uh, my name is David Manfred. I am the uh, Missionary Alliance Missions missionary in the country of Cambodia. And uh, Cambodia, as many of you I'm sure are aware, is in Southeast Asia. It's a country about the size of the state of Wisconsin, 17 million people but 44 different ethnic groups in that land. Uh, I serve in Cambodia with my wife, Chris. We actually have four kids who are all grown now. Uh, we have two daughter-in-laws, uh, one son-in-law, and one fiance who will become a son-in-law uh, in May of this year. So we've got almost our whole clan married off. And it's been wonderful this year to be home with them before we head back to Cambodia at the end of May of this year. Uh, the theme of Alliance Missions around uh, the U.S. this year is all of Jesus for all the world. And so I'd like to really take a look at that specifically in the context of the country of Cambodia. Alliance Missions history began in Cambodia actually in 1923. They were the pioneer evangelical long-term mission group to bring the gospel to Cambodia starting in 1923. But after almost 50 years of missionary effort, the Growth of the church in Cambodia was very slow, less than a thousand believers by 1970. In the early 1970s, as the Vietnam War began to spill over into Cambodia, there was actually significant gospel response. So the church grew by more than 10 times to about 10,000 believers in 1975. But in the next three and a half years, the church reduced in number from 10,000 down to 2,000. Well, what happened? 
What happened was a group called the Khmer Rouge, an extreme Marxist group that came to power in Cambodia in April 1975. They're responsible for what became later known as the Killing Fields, where in a little over three and a half years, about 1.7 million Cambodians, which is about 20% of the population, died. And they particularly targeted educated people. And so they killed off almost all the doctors and nurses and teachers and anyone with a university education. Uh, the church was in, also particularly impacted by this. Of the 33 Alliance pastors that were in Cambodia in April of 1975, within three and a half years, 80% of them had died as well. Uh, so again, about 80% martyrdom amongst the leaders. And that was also the experience of the church more broadly, that experienced about 80% martyrdom. About 8,000 Christians died in a little over three and a half years. So it was a particularly horrific time. And there are a lot of people wondering, God, what is going on here? We finally thought the harvest had come. The harvest was lost. At uh, 1979, Cambodians began to flood into refugee camps, particularly in Thailand. Kama Services was there. Uh, this is one of our missionaries, Marie Enns, who was working in the refugee camps along with her husband, Norm. There were a few Cambodian Christians that survived the killing fields. They were also sharing the gospel. Uh, during that time, Kama Services, the Relief and Development Arm of the Alliance, was involved in medical work, uh, building uh, hospitals in these refugee camps and staffing them, and also sharing the gospel. And in those refugee camps, many Cambodians, after having their worldview completely destroyed through the Khmer Rouge, were open to uh, the good news of the gospel, and churches were established even in those refugee camps. The result of this was that by the year 1995, the church had grown to about 20,000 believers. The Lord had replaced the harvest and then indeed even doubled it. Now to show what's gone on since then, we need to change the factor of uh, the scale by a factor of 10. Uh, There's still the same 20,000 believers in 1995, but by the year 2020, the church has grown to about 300,000 believers to the glory of God. In fact, in their Christianity Today article that was written a few years ago, the lead story was about Cambodia rising, how Cambodians ushered in a miraculous movement for Christianity how the Southeast Asian country went from an underground church to a church planting boom. And we have been in Cambodia since 1995, so it's been our privilege to serve there at the significant time of harvest. Now, 300,000 believers is really encouraging, but that still represents a little less than 2% of the population of 17 million people. So there's still a lot of work to do. Well, the theme, all of Jesus for all the world, what I'd like to do, and think about the idea of all of Jesus like to talk about what sometimes we call in the Alliance the fourfold gospel and think about all of Jesus. Now, Jesus is a lot more than that, but at least this is one way to think about that. And so in the fourfold gospel, which you see in the logo of the Alliance, it begins with the cross, which, of course, is symbolic of Christ our Savior. Acts 4.12, we read, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Uh, we teach, and the Bible teaches, most importantly, that there is only one way to have a right relationship with God the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ, his Son, uh, who came to redeem the world. And it's in that relationship of salvation that we find our right relationship with God. This might not be politically correct, but it's biblically true that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. On my, uh, myself personally, I made that commitment to Christ when I was a student at University of Minnesota, 19 years old. 
and heard the gospel and went out in the woods alone to pray a simple prayer saying, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to forgive my sins. And today I ask you to become my savior. And that began the journey for me. Uh, there's another man whose journey I'd like to tell you about. His name is Mr. Brassau. My wife, Chris, has been working with him on a major building project uh, for an Antioch uh, student dorm and teacher residence, a project that uh, GCCC has come alongside us uh, to help support. Uh, Chris has known Mr. Brassau for 10 years. They worked on multiple building projects over the years. He was always polite, but never really that interested in the gospel. Well, that changed three years ago when God did a miraculous work and he opened his heart to Christ as his Savior and became to know the Lord Jesus in that very personal, very real way. And the change in his life was actually quite dramatic. Uh, how about you? Have you made that personal decision, that personal commitment of faith in Christ as your Savior? If not, do so. It changed my life. It changed Brasal's life. It'll change your life too. The second step in the fourfold gospel is not only Christ is our Savior, but Christ is our sanctifier, as symbolized by the cup. Uh, sanctification has the idea of holiness, of being pure, of having uh, not only a right theology, but a right heart in our actions uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, we read, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. The amazing truth in this is sometimes we think that to become holy is something we have to work hard at ourselves. But the message of the gospel is that as we grow as a follower of Christ, and uh, that it is the work that God does in us, he's the one who cleanses us out. And the the easiest way I understand sanctification, this is how I explain it to our uh, theology students in Cambodia, is that the first step is Christ is my Savior, deciding to trust in Him to save you from your sins. But then there's a second step in our life that we need to make. And that's the decision to say, Jesus Christ, not only are you my Savior, but I ask you to be my Lord, to take control, to be the boss, to be the one in control of my life, that it's no longer me who's just kind of working it out myself, but I yield to you, Jesus, as my Lord. And as you do that and you yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, he does this fresh work to change you from the inside out. It's not trying to become a better person, but God changing you on the inside. That's the sanctifying work that comes through submitting to Jesus as Lord of your life. And again, I just ask you, have you made that decision? Uh, to be Not only Jesus is your Savior, but that he is actually the Lord, the boss, the one in control, the one who you are seeking to call the shots. As as you do that, he gives you power by his spirit to be transformed from the inside out. It becomes his work changing you on the inside. I mentioned about Mr. Brassau that came to Christ uh, three years ago. Well, he also made that second commitment of Jesus being the Lord of his life. And one of the first signs of that was he yielded to Jesus in baptism and became baptized as a follower. But God really gave him the gift of an evangelist, and he began sharing boldly with friends and neighbors about this right relationship that he now had with the Lord. Nobody forced him to do it. It just came out naturally. And he and I began to study together on uh, Tuesday mornings at 630 uh, to go through the Word of God together and using a program called Firm Foundations that helped him to grow 
in his faith as a believer. And as he began to understand what God's word was saying, God began to change him to follow in obedience to that word. Uh, we saw the evidence of the change of his changed life as there was a, a young man who had been in jail. He had drug addiction issues. Uh, the family was so embarrassed of him that they literally kept him locked in his room for two years after he was let out of jail. And Mr. Brossau heard about this and he said to the family, now this young man was no relation, but he said to the family, hey, can I take him under my wing? And I can trade, uh, teach him construction trade and all the rest. And they did so. And Mr. Brassell had him not only uh, teach him construction trade, but he had him live in his house. And through that work, this young man's life has been transformed through the investment of a sanctified life, Mr. Brassell. Nobody paid him to do it. No one forced him to do it. He did it because Jesus had done a work in his life. And he wanted to share that with others. There's another young, uh, older lady that during COVID, this was her house. Uh, and he, she lived quite near Mr. Brassau. And during COVID lockdowns, the government shut down very hard, not even allowing people to leave their residence to get food. And Mr. Brassau knew that this widow had almost no food. And so since she was a next door neighbor, he took half of the food that he had and shared it with her so that she would have food in this time of crisis. Again, the work of a sanctified life as Jesus becomes the Lord. I think the clearest evidence of sanctification for those of us who are married, can be discovered through our spouse. And Mr. Brassell is married. His wife is not yet a believer, but she's told uh, Chris and myself many occasions of all the changes she has seen in her husband's life. She's still uh, kind of concerned because her parents don't want her to become a Christian, so she hasn't made that decision yet. But we believe she is close. And she tells us over and over again the wonderful changes she's seen in the life of her husband since he's become a follower of Christ. A sure testimony of Christ's work to sanctify. Christ our Savior, Christ our Sanctifier. And the third point in the fourfold gospel is Christ our Healer. In James we read, Is any one of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise them up. In the Alliance we believe that Jesus' work of healing is not just for 2,000 years ago. It is actually a privilege for believers today. Now, does that deny the power and the importance of medical science? In no way. Uh, we are very thankful. We have medical professionals on our team as well. But we also acknowledge that God can sometimes work outside and beyond our boxes and that Christ is our healer and we can come to him asking and inviting him to do that work in our life. Uh, in northern Cambodia, there's a place called An Long Veng. And An Long Veng is a place that's notorious in Cambodia because it was the final holdout of Pol Pot, who was the leader of the Khmer Rouge responsible for 1.7 million deaths. Uh, Pol Pot could even be called the Hitler of Southeast Asia. And that is where he died, was in An Long Veng in 1998. That's his gravesite even today. So An Long Veng kind of had this reputation of being the heart of darkness in Cambodia, uh, where the Khmer Rouge and Pol Pot made their final stand. About four years ago, we had a missionary couple, a gifted couple, Suet Sina Lao. And Suet Sina had just finished up very effective ministry at a place called Poi Pat. And they were on home assignment in the U.S. And it was time to consider, okay, where will they serve in their next term? 
And we kind of thought there was this area in Western Cambodia. My role is field director, so I get to speak into that in dialogue with our missionaries. And, and we began, I began to hear reports that God was doing some work in and around Alolvang. And so while Suet and Sinaw were in the U.S., I called them on the phone and I said, Hey, are you sitting down? And my comment to them was, uh, Would you be at all open to prayerfully consider serving in Alolvang? And there was this kind of long pause on the phone as they considered this. They knew what I was asking them to do. Just calling them to, are you willing to serve in the heart of darkness where all these former Khmer Rouge uh, lived? And still it was their, the, those former Khmer Rouge or their kids or their grandkids that still lived in and around Anlongvang. And after, they said, well, we need to pray about it. And they prayed about it. And a couple days later, we talked again. They said, yes, we're willing to go to Anlongvang. And so in 2017, they made that decision to serve the Lord in Anlongvang. Now, I continue the story by talking about a place about an hour south of Anlongvang. It's a, a town called Srenoi. It's our closest alliance church. And uh, there's a Pastor D and his wife who served the Lord there very faithfully, just a simple, a humble servant of God in this kind of middle of nowhere place. And Pastor D uh, led a woman to Christ through their ministry there. And the woman's husband was intrigued. He came to the church a few times, but never made a commitment uh, to Christ. Well, uh, there was one day when the woman was home with her husband, uh, her husband's job was to make bricks. And they had this kind of kiln oven. And uh, the, the husband and their seven-year-old son were taking the charcoal out of this brick oven. And while they were in there, the brick oven collapsed on them. And the woman cried out, Jesus, save them. And she and the neighbors began to start pulling off all of the, the literally uh, hundreds of pounds of brick and earth that had collapsed on top of them. And oftentimes when this happens, nobody survives. And so they got to the seven-year-old boy and miraculously, he was almost completely unharmed, just a few cuts. But then they got to her husband and his name is Mr. Kong. And I'm sorry, but this is a bit graphic, but when they saw Mr. Kong, his right eye had come out of its socket and was hanging by the optic nerve on his cheek. And he was coughing out blood. And so they immediately took him to the closest clinic. And the medical care in this area is not, was really non-existent. And the clinic saw him with an eyeball hanging on his cheek. They said, we don't know what to do. Take him to another clinic. So they went to another clinic. And they said the same thing. We don't know what to do. Take him somewhere else. And they tried four different clinics and nobody could help. And so then Mr. Kong said to his wife, bring me to that church. Whether I live or die, I want to go to that church. And so they brought him to Pastor D's church. And Pastor D was there with his wife and some of the church members when Mr. Kong came. And Pastor D saw him and he said, go to the clinic. And Mr. Kong said, no, whether I live or die, I want to be here at this church. This is a man who's not yet a believer. And so Pastor D told me how he took his, both of his hands and he put them over the shoulders of Mr. Kong and he closed his eyes and with a circle of others around him, they began to pray. And within 10 minutes, the coughing of blood became less and less. Mr. Kong told me how initially it was the size of his thumb and then it was half the size of his thumb and then it was the end of his pinky. And then after 10 minutes, the coughing had stopped. But what was even more remarkable was that the eyeball that had come out on its own accord had returned back into the right place and Mr. Kong could see again just fine. 
This is Mr. Kong and his seven-year-old son and the wife. And that day, as you can imagine, Mr. Kong became a follower of Jesus Christ. And he went back to his village. And these people had seen him with the eyeball hanging out. Now he's not just normal. And said, what happened? And he said to them, Jesus healed me. And he became an amazing evangelist. And as a result of his testimony in his village, uh, there were many people that came to Christ uh, through that testimony. And Mr. Kong, uh, and that was just at the time when Sun Sun Lao were getting ready to return to Cambodia and to serve it on Long Veng. So little did we know that God was already preparing the groundwork for us. And so they kind of said to Sun, hey, we believe in Jesus. What does that mean? And so he and Sina began the process of discipleship, of helping to train these new believers to be followers of Christ and to discern and understand this God who has the power to even heal. And as a result of that ministry, people began to grow and to share the gospel with their neighbors. And Mr. Kong specifically had like eight brothers and sisters in different villages all around that area of Cambodia. And he told them the story. And as a result of that testimony, uh, they, the uh, uh, people began to believe in these other communities as well. And uh, they, so the discipleship began with them as well, helping these different areas where people were coming to Christ to grow in him. And then the baptisms began as these people were coming to faith in Christ and growing in him. And in many different locations, these different baptisms, as people were finding new life through Jesus Christ. And actually, there is a, an Alliance video titled Out of the Ashes that talks about this testimony. It was done in 2019. And, and at that time, they talk about there are 130 people who trusted in Christ and 12 house churches that were planted uh, but that was pre-COVID. That was before COVID happened when that video was made and that report was given. Well, what has happened since COVID hit? Now they've seen more than 1,200 people come to Christ. And there are a total of 23 house churches that have been planted as a result. Uh, this is one of the areas of Cambodia where the church is growing the fastest. The place there's a heart of darkness. Jesus had to break in outside of ways that we consider normal to bring the good news of Christ into even the heart of darkness so that light has begun to shine in those places. All of Jesus for all the world. Christ is our Savior, our Sanctifier, our Healer. And the fourth point in the logo is He is it's the crown. He's our coming King. Acts 1.11, we read, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The scripture teaches that Jesus is coming back. But not only does it teach that in the logo, you see the crown, but you also see kind of this uh, symbolized picture of the world, but it's not the complete world, right? It's kind of part of the world. It's unfinished. And it's really trying to teach two principles here. Yes, Jesus is going to return, but it's also related to the task of bringing the gospel to all nations. How are the two connected? Well, Jesus connected them in Matthew 24, where he says, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus is connecting his return with the call of the church to reach all nations with the gospel. In fact, we don't know when Jesus is going to return, but according to him, he says it's not going to happen until the job of going to all nations is completed. And that term, all nations, is significant in the original language it's to all ethne in Greek. Uh, ethne, of course, sounds like the term ethnos, and that's uh, ethnic. 
And uh, that is exactly what it means. It's the different people groups. Now, uh, when we think about this call to all nations, how many ethnic groups are there? Well, according to Joshua Project, there are about 17,000 different ethnic groups. And of those 17,000 different ethnic groups, and Jesus is saying we got to reach all of them with the gospel uh, before he returns. But those who study such things say there may be about 4,000 who have little or no opportunity to hear about Christ. These are the unreached people groups of the world. In this map of the world, it's represented by the red parts of the uh, red parts that you see here. It's the Muslims of North Africa, the Muslims of the Middle East and Central Asia. It would be the Hindus of India. It would be uh, Buddhists uh, in Southeast Asia and other parts of Asia. These are the regions beyond that have not yet really had significant opportunity to hear about Christ. And sometimes they call this area the 1040 window. Uh, now, I think what's important to realize is that in the alliance, uh, with missionaries as a whole, there may be about 400,000 missionaries in the world. Of that 400,000, maybe only 10% are working in those red areas of the world. Whereas at the alliance, with the alliance, 80%. 80% of Alliance International workers are living specifically in those areas. And so this is our Cambodia team. And I just want to say thank you for helping us to be in the 1040 window, along with other Alliance missionaries that are serving in these least reached parts of the world. In our work in Cambodia, we partner very closely with what's called the Khmer Evangelical Church or the KEC. We are specifically involved with working with 11 of the, uh, of the 44 different ethnic groups in Cambodia, we have specific ministry with 11 of them. Uh, seven of them are highlighted in yellow there. Those are considered, I'm sorry, six of those are considered uh, the uh, unreached peoples in Cambodia. And so these are the ethnic groups where we are giving particular focus as a mission. So as you support Alliance Missions, as you support the work in Cambodia, you are specifically supporting work amongst unreached peoples in Cambodia. I'd like to talk with you a little bit about a place called Stung Treng. Stung Treng is in uh, northern Cambodia on the Mekong River. It's uh, quite near the border with Laos. Uh, Stung Treng is significant because it actually has a regional teacher's college there. And in addition to that, it has a regional nursing college. Well, why is that significant? Well, it's significant because those are regional colleges and the areas where uh, Cambodians who want to become either a teacher or a nurse that come from the eastern part of Cambodia, they actually must study specifically in Stung Treng. It's the only place you can study if you want to be a teacher or a nurse and live in those areas. Well, why is that significant? Well, it's significant because of this map. The different colors are the different ethnic groups in Cambodia. And where do you see that most of them are from? Most of the different ethnic minorities, the unreached peoples, if you will, in Cambodia, live in these highlands, which are all the places that send their doctor, or their nurses and teachers to Stung Treng to study. In 2015, we assigned Joyce Johns to work in Stung Treng. She is, has her master's in public health. She's a nurse. She began teaching at the Stung Treng Nursing College, but then she also began helping out in the, uh, in the uh, teacher's college as well. Over the past six years or so, 
We've added to that team with some people that are teaching English, uh, some people that are focusing on ministry to the ethnic Lao and unreached people group, very close to there, and even a, a teacher for the missionary kids that are in that area. And about a year ago, Joyce got a request from the Cambodian uh, uh, leader of the nursing college, <coughs> excuse me, and he said, would Kama Services consider starting a clinic to train nursing students that could also benefit the community on the grounds of the school? And Joyce said, well, you know, I'm a Christian. We're a Christian organization. This would need to be uh, done with, uh, with Christian principals and with Christians that would be taking the lead on this. And the school director said that would be absolutely fine. And more recent dialogue that's happened in Cambodia uh, this has been going forward in significant ways. In fact, it's broadened so that even the local hospital that Joyce also has relationship has asked for uh, the CMA to come alongside, the Alliance to come alongside the work in that hospital as well. And in recent dialogue that we've had with them, this is moving forward in very significant ways. That is so significant, not only to help with the medical needs that are huge in that area, not only help with better training nurses in that nursing college, but also for the opportunity to make impact in the lives of these students, not only at the nursing college, but also at the nearby teachers college as well. And I want to just say to Great Commission Community Church, you have made significant financial support to get this off the ground. You guys are our primary uh, supporter in this ministry to Stung Treng. And as the field director, I stand before you and I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the ways you've come alongside this work. And we look forward to continuing to explore with you what this looks like in partnership. Uh, we are hoping, we've been wanting for a couple of years for Pastor Kim to come uh, to serve in our field forum. I'm hoping that'll happen in 2022 here as well. We're looking for other ways that we can continue to partner but I want to just say you already are partnering with us. And I want to say, again, our great appreciation. Thank you very much for partnering with us in the work to bring good news to Stung Treng that actually will help to reach the unreached peoples of Cambodia. Well, all of Jesus for all the world. How can we respond? Well, there's a whole bunch of ways. But let me just suggest a couple uh, to be a, a more effective in being a sender. And this church is already growing in that. You've been uh, a sender. Uh, 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 you've sent people to Cambodia on short-term experiences. Uh, but uh, you've also been praying. And we would ask you to continue to pray. And, and what I would suggest is that if you don't have a missionary you're regularly praying for, get on the prayer letter list of a, of a missionary and so you can regularly understand what's happening <clears throat> in their part of the world. And if you don't have one yet, hey, consider praying for Chris and I or others on our Cambodia field, as I know many of you have already been doing. Uh, also supporting the Work Alliance Great Commission Fund. Uh, you guys have been doing this in huge ways already. Thank you again, and we would just uh, rise up and call you blessed to continue to seek the Lord in ways that you can come alongside the broader work of the Alliance to the unreached of the world. And then also to consider going. Uh, either a sender or goer. I see those as the two options and respond to Jesus' great commission. Could it be that the Lord might be calling some of you medical professionals to help out 
in the work in Stung Could it be that the Lord might be calling you to consider serving in peoples and places cross-culturally where they've not really had good opportunity to hear the gospel? Uh, some of those would be actually in your own backyard as you have the nations that are coming to you as well through university students and other opportunities of people from around the world that come to the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, there are so many ways to be a goer these days. And so to consider the Lord's call in your own heart and life to be one of those vessels that brings good news to people in places that haven't had the opportunity to, to hear. I said it already, but <coughs> excuse me, I just want to say it again. Thank you. Thank you for being our partners and bringing good news to the peoples of Cambodia. Thank you for, as you consider how Christ can be your Savior, sanctifier, healer, and remembering he is the coming king. But that re really depends on us being faithful to bring his good news to all the nations and particularly peoples that haven't had the chance to hear yet. Thank you again for being our partners. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Thank you, David. It's great to hear about how Jesus has been at work in Cambodia. Um, church, let's continue to celebrate all that Jesus has done and done for us as we enter into a time of communion. Um, we like to declare who God is together as we recite the Apostles' Creed. Um, so let's, let's say that together now. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same way he took the cup and he said, this is the covenant, the new covenant of my blood shed for you. Every time you drink of this, you proclaim my death until I come. We do this in remembrance of him. Let's partake together now of his, of his body and his blood as a remembrance of all the amazing things that Jesus has done for us. He is our Savior. He is our sanctifier. He is our healer and our coming King. Let's sing together.
Church, as we go from this place this morning, I just want to bless you to go as those who are sent out to be senders or goers, those who are helping the gospel advance as we give, as we pray, as we uh, support those who have gone, or as those who are going to some of the research places to help those who have no access with the gospel to hear about who Jesus is. Would we remember the blessedness of all that Jesus has done for us? Go into the world proclaiming who Jesus is everywhere you go. In his holy name we send you. Amen.